and your entire world changes, not because someone else changed, but because you changed. And that's what it takes to change the world. Hello, hello to all you fellow experiencers out there. This is James from the Spirited Body Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about activating and living from your spirit in your daily actions and experiences. My guides want to show you how to interpret your life through the lens of your highest self so it can be easier, joyful, and satisfying. After all, we're all just spirits in a physical body. I'm James, I'm a psychic, medium. Uh, I'm your host, and I'm here with my amazing friend and co-host, Katie. Hello. And uh, while this is, um, uh, last episode was our official end of season two, uh, I kept getting that we needed to do some more, a little more explanation and a little more um, time explaining some of the bigger concepts, give you, you always ask great questions. I get feedback from people that, uh, are hearing the podcast to say, oh my God, Katie asked the best questions. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, people might think like, oh, because I'm here, I understand more. The answer's no. Um, most of the time I black out and then I come back and I go, what was that episode about? It's very, like, it's very uh, dense information and it's it's stuff that I remind myself that you have to listen to almost over and over and over again and then maybe you'll get 5% is my perspective. Yeah, <laughs> right? and and... A uh, big reason why they wanted me to, why I felt them pushing on me is that information is so dense. And I think in a lot of the minutia and a lot of the little explanations and the little side tracks that we go on uh, or that I go on, um, <laughs> uh, I don't want to lose the bigger uh, points that they're trying to make, that, yeah, that the they're making, the, the basic message. And these side tracks that we talk on, these different topics that they touch on are all offshoots of the main theme and the main themes. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that we talk about uh, the the bigger picture okay. so that the the smaller aspects of it can fit in place. That makes sense. And yeah. I will do my best to be as clear as possible. And sometimes I don't feel that I'm as clear as I want to be. And uh, it's not like having a conversation with a bunch of people asking a bunch of questions. So if you have questions, please send them to me. James at the spirited body.com uh, on Instagram, message me at the spirited body. Would love to hear your questions. I want to answer them. They want to answer them. They want to make sure that these concepts are understood and digested and uh, applicable because they all are that all these ideas and concepts that they are teaching are applicable. They, they work to change how you encounter your life, how you view your life. So let's start with the big picture. We are here for communion. We are here to overcome our separateness and commune, connect, create connection, have those moments. And they, they use the word communion. That's what the communication feels like from them. Because mm. it's not just connecting. It's about that, that moment of coming together in a, in a meaningful way. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And that's what the communion is. And the reason it's so powerful here is because we are defined by being separate. You know, we talked about how the other side is like an ocean. Yeah. And we're just a drop. We're made of the same stuff. And you return to an ocean where you're just connected. There's no separateness. Mm -hmm. There's no individuality in the way that it's defined here. Here, I have a physical body that is a barrier to your physical body and to that connection. It looks different. It acts different. It's older. It's younger. You speak a different language. You look different than I'm used to. And those, all, whatever you want to say, whatever definition, whatever adjective you want to put in there, that difference influences our ability to connect. Mm. It changes it. It puts barriers to that. Does that make sense? It does. I, oh, I already have questions. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, I love it. And so that's between you and me, right? Yeah. Person to person. The other aspect is you to yourself. Mm. Because you come here from the ocean and now you're a drop. And that drop feels very separate from the ocean. That drop is now held in a vessel. And I'm doing air quotes, air quotes separate from the ocean. So now not only are you separate from others in a way that you aren't used to, you are separate from yourself in a way that you're not used to. Mm. And so the most powerful thing we can do, the single biggest thing that we can do to make our life easier on this planet, in this place, is to commune with ourselves, to know how to connect with ourselves, recognize what is mine, what is me, what is authentic to me, and that they describe as your higher self because that is the part of you that's closer to the ocean. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Am I describing it? Is that clear? Mm -hmm. Very clear. And so we, I know that in order to have authentic communion with you, I need to have authentic communion with myself. Because if I commune and talk with you and joke with you and we have a great time together, but I don't know who I am, that communication and connection we have with each other is going to be hollow. It's never going to be satisfying because I don't know what satisfies me. I don't know what truly satisfies me authentically. This actually, funny but not funny, uh, came up for me this week. So I'm just going to share because I, th I think this is what you're talking about. So I'm in the process of getting funding for my business. I went The never-ending process. Yeah. I went to uh, an event uh, like a like a summit with a bunch of other health and fitness companies. They they did a, an hour of like a women's forum where we, just women came together. And the topic of how difficult it is to get funding as a woman came up. And it was almost like I could see some of us like, yeah, it's hard. And then some people were saying, well, you just have to, you know, kind of like there's a game that we have to. And I, and I, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be the rebel in the room again. Like I always am that person and I hate that. But I also should just love that about myself. So I said, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I understand there's a game that has to be played here. And I, and I see what we're all talking about. They weren't saying succumb to it, but they were like pointing that out. 
I said, there just comes a point where like I can't betray myself anymore. And when I act out of fear that I have to succumb to the way that they want me to show up because I'm a female and they want me to play their toxic game, I don't want to live in a world of limited possibility based out of fear. I'd like to live in a world of infinite possibility and say, I'm actually not going to betray myself anymore. And if you don't like this person because I'm a woman and you don't think I can run my company, I'm going to find somebody else who does. And they were like, (gasps) you know, like, well, what if you're on the edge and you don't have any funds left? And I'm like, "I I can't live from that space anymore. I cannot continue to betray myself. And I think that's what you're talking about is this sense of like, I know myself better enough now to know that like, that doesn't feel good when I have to come in and pretend to be somebody I'm not so that that person gives me their money for my business because I'm a woman. Exactly. So you could never be satisfied in your business. Playing that game. Playing that game. And that's the point they're making. And here's, I want to point out something that I think we need to address. Me being that person in the room who said that was lonely. Me sometimes having to turn to like, what is me and where am I going does not feel good because I think a lot of us are trying to do this thing where we do what the other wants or society wants or the group that we're a part of that they want. And sometimes when you stay true to yourself, it can feel a little bit painful. Let me correct you. Please. Not correct you. Let me give you a different perspective. Because they looked at me like I had three heads in that room. And that's what didn't feel good. Yeah. I want you to understand the difference. Me staying true to myself felt good, but people's reaction did not. Yes. And that's the difference. And if you well, we have to go through, we have to get through that yes, part of it. We have to recognize it is painful. Yeah, you have to recognize it and that you have to recognize that when you start changing yourself. So this is another You just introduced another key concept. So when they talk about in the realm of being satisfied and knowing yourself, that the only way to really be satisfied is to always use yourself, your highest self, your most authentic, truest self as your compass guide. Mm -hmm. And your compass should always be directing you there. When it's not, that's when you're not going to be satisfied. So. It might be temporary satisfaction to do what those people wanted me, but in the long term, it's not going to feed my soul. Yes. And so when you said, I'm not going to play that game, I have no desire to play that game. And they were like, what? And that didn't feel good for you. That's because you were your reaction meter, your reaction sensor was pointed towards them, not towards yourself. Mm. Does that make sense? No, it does. So that's. And so understanding that your meter, your little compass is constantly and in every different aspect of your life that you can think of, that reaction meter, that compass could be pointing any number of different directions. And anytime it's not pointed towards you is when you're going to feel dissatisfied. Now, yeah. uh, the I also must say where we find a lot of internal dissatisfaction or frustration is when we do point it to ourselves and we realize the contrast from the way we've been behaving compared to what our highest self really wants to do. That's painful too. That's really painful. That's, that, an, that's an identity shift. Right. And that is why some people get stuck. get stuck or they don't do it or they get stuck in a loop because 
facing that reality or facing that internal feeling of, oh, I know what I was supposed to do. I know what felt authentic and I know what I chose to do. And that difference is sometimes really painful to come to terms with. I was just talking with someone about this the other day as I was bringing up like a topic of sexism and it was a male and they were like, I said, I wonder if your argument against what I'm saying is coming from the idea that you'd have to actually identify that a higher version of you would think differently, but you don't want to see that space between because that's, that's a lot of shame. And I'm a believer that shame is the emotion that like takes over the human experience and takes us away from that higher self. Shame is one of the, shame is one of the powerful. Yeah. Most powerful emotions. And, and, um, one of the things they'll say, if you, if you listen to the podcast, all the, all the different episodes and they talk about when you're doing those moments of self-reflection and that, that's why they use that as a tool all the time. Do self-reflection, do something where you were not satisfied or comfortable or happy with the way it came out, um, with the way you felt. Mm-hmm. And you just get to play that over in your mind. And as you're playing it over in your mind, what are you feeling? What is your intention at any given moment? Are you really feeling the anger because of what happened? Or are you feeling the anger because it triggered something in you? And what did it trigger? And is it true that it was it was really touching that or that it was really related to that? Or did you relate it to that? You know, and all of that examination happens in your mind. No one else gets to see it. So you get to be as honest as possible. And it's about understanding that there's a possibility that it could be different. When you start analyzing and recognizing your behavior, your contribution, then you start to see, wait a minute, maybe this frustrating moment, I added to it in this way. It's because I felt triggered by XYZ. I felt you were attacking me. I felt that you were saying that I didn't matter, whether that's real or not. Yeah. So that that's another key aspect of it. So when we talk about topics of neutrality or they talk about communication or forgiveness, it's all about how am I in this aspect of human existence, how does it relate back to my alignment with my highest self so that I can be better aligned and communing with you? So what I hear you saying is you're giving people permission to have the freedom to have less suffering, but without anyone else participating in that process. Yes. It doesn't, nobody else matters. Well, when you were saying that, I was like, it's so funny to think that like, I think we think we're afraid of the things outside of us, but I think what we're maybe all really afraid of is just our honest, true self on the inside. I think that that is a completely true statement. They are very clear that they've said it a million times to me and they've said it a million times on the podcast and all the channels, change yourself and you change the world. Because if you change an understanding of who you are. If you, if you can make an understanding about who you really are versus how you've been behaving, let's say, and you go, wait a minute, I'm believing this. That doesn't make sense. I'm actually not that way. And that actually doesn't feel good. And I don't want to do that anymore. That changes your behavior. And it not only changes your behavior in the world, which changes how people treat you, it changes your perception of others. 
because you realize if you can change that or if you recognize that difference in you, maybe you're not recognizing what's really going on on the person across from you. And your entire world changes, not because someone else changed, but because you changed. And that's what it takes to change the world. It's, it, I, I don't really have any words <laughs> because it's just the willingness to be curious about what radical responsibility for yourself looks like is a very, um, we don't live in a culture that does that. We live in a culture, culture full of defensiveness, full of victimness, full of, it, it's, we don't live, of- we're not trained in that way. So it's like, it's like, I think some of these episodes can be really dense and I think that when I get overwhelmed even by them, uh, because I'm just here asking questions, I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know, right? Uh, I just remind myself that like, this is a process, this is a journey, this is part of the human experience, and it's gonna just be one step at a time. Like me just opening the crack of a door a little bit to be curious, to under, to try to understand what they're trying to say, to try to if I can just, you know, apply, I think people want quick fixes. I think people want to hear this and have their life change tomorrow. And I think what you're really saying is open the door to possibility, get curious and try some of these practices of internal reflection, internal responsibility. Um, Know that you have these powerful tools at, 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 at your disposal and use them and then give it time. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. In the same, at the, exactly what you're saying is yes. And this is going to take, this has taken years for me to process and understand. And it's also can happen very quickly in a given moment. Yeah. It's that weird because I also get weary to say to people like, oh, overnight, because then when it doesn't happen, I feel like people give up. Yes. But to know that this is a lifelong journey and parts of it will happen overnight will and parts happen of it very won't. quickly. Yeah. Will, will happen really quickly. And as long as you are listening and hearing what they have to say, and, and it all comes down to where am I, I can use where I'm not dissatisfied, where I am dissatisfied in my life, with my relationship, with my job, with my pet, with my house, with my partner, with my kids, with my car, with driving to work, with my clothes, no matter where you're dissatisfied, no matter where you have dissatisfaction and you can use that as an indicator that somewhere you are not aligned to your highest self in that topic, in that section of your life, you are not aligned to yourself. Now it could be because you don't know. It could be because you're actively avoiding. There's a number of different reasons. Yeah. And so they use descriptions of things like relationships, attachments to talk about all the different ways we are moving away from that alignment from ourselves. It really, so what you're saying is it really just has nothing to do with those things. Those things are just things in your life that they're trying to get to activate those parts of you that are not aligned. I don't understand. So like, I think sometimes when we're like, don't have alignment with a partner, like it's the partner, but really it's like a wake up call to you that there's something that's unaligned in you. It's really not about that person. Yes. Okay. Exactly right. That That is an indicator. That's like, Imagine your life as a whole display of lights, right? Green means everything is good. You know, like at a nuclear reactor, I just uh, watched Chernobyl. Amazing. 
Side note. Um, but So imagine all these lights on a display and every light indicates a certain area of your life. When, a light, when you are unsatisfied, imagine that light's red. It's giving you a warning. It's indicating to you something is not going right here. Something about this topic is out of alignment with who you are, with who you truly are. Mm-hmm. And some people, like if it's a big thing, like a, like a marriage of 15 years, they're less likely to examine that critically because it can mean huge changes in their life or they're fearful that it could be huge changes in their life. And so this is just part of the human experience. Like it doesn't seem like we're maybe going to get out of this all the way. No, no. This is what we're here to do. So like once you find that first area of dissatisfaction and you get the peace and serenity you were hoping for, and now there's probably going to be another one. Absolutely. Because we have new experiences that are constantly coming to us and that are constantly in contrast to who we are. But the practice of examining internally and shifting your own world will create those, will bring, not that it will stop those situations, but that you will have a little bit more ease in them. Yes. Okay. That is the point. If you're not trying to eliminate the contrast. Because I'm trying not, to eliminate. Yeah. yeah. It's not <laughs> yes, about. Can I? Can no? Okay. It's not about eliminating okay. the contrast. Damn it. It's about recognizing what it's doing to you, recognizing and processing that through. Where am I out of alignment here? How did this pull me away from my highest self? Or how does my highest self want to encounter this? Oh, it doesn't want to? Then I'm going to move and do something else. So it's about and then, creating and, more ease. And releasing it um, faster. So it's about mm. how do I process faster? And so the more we practice, the faster we process and move on to the next thing. Because we live in a sea of contrast. We are here about the contrast. We're here about the difference. We're here about the separateness. And so every time something confronts us, it's unsatisfying, it's uncomfortable, it's weird, and we reach for communion with our highest self or reach for communion with our higher self, which means we are communing with someone across from us if it's a person-to-person issue, we are choosing communion. We're discovering communion out of all the contrast, out of all the separateness. We are processing and choosing, seeking, making the leap to communion away from contrast and separateness. And that is the power of being human. That is why we're here. That is what's propelling the universe, is our choosing communion, our seeking and choosing, discovering communion over and over and over again. If it was like a one and done, there wouldn't be much happening. There wouldn't be much generation of that energy and that force that propels the universe. That's that's what humans do. That's what the physical world does. So it's constantly providing us in every aspect of our life, coming at us, difference. Everything that's outside of us is different. And so we're constantly choosing and, I, I wish I had words. I don't. And um, so to understand yeah, but, in that greater context, I think is, I just want to make sure people get that like, that is the reason we are here. And that is what communion is about. That's what alignment to self is about, is discovering how you can choose alignment over and over and more and more rapidly. And what I hear you saying is the practice of that will create more ease. 
Yes, because that process because will otherwise get easier. It, it sounds daunting. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna say. You know, I, I yeah. get it. No, I yeah. get it. But that's the whole point: is the more you know yourself, you're gonna get practice at going. Nope, that that doesn't feel right with me. I need. Why not? Okay, I'm I'm pivoting here. Or hey, what you said was really hurtful to me. Or I don't understand what you said. Can can you explain it to me differently? Or maybe we spend some time talking about it. So it's not coming from a judgmental place or angry place. It's coming from a curious place. And that curious place comes from practice with being aligned to yourself and knowing that because of what you did or someone else did bothered me is not a their problem. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a me problem because they said what they said. It may be in perfect alignment with what they how they felt. It didn't resonate with me. I'm the one that's holding the discomfort. And I think the trickiest, hardest part about because like I think that people can have somewhat of an easier time creating communion with self when it doesn't involve another person. Maybe, maybe not. I don't even know the answer to that. But I think what's hard is when you go in with that intention and you want to reach your higher self and you actually genuinely want communion, but the other person doesn't. Okay. They're but, not willing to go there with you. And, and what's your question about that? Is that just your <laughs> higher self, like trying to point you in a different direction? Like, cause sometimes, cause what I hear you saying is like, if we do this, we'll create communion, but sometimes we don't, even with the best of intentions, communion with other isn't created. Correct. But communion with yourself is. Okay. Even in the harsh reality of someone barreling down on you and telling you you're terrible, you're worthless, you're angry, you're a terrible person, you're useless, you're worthless. But if you stay aligned, if you choose alignment with your higher self, that's still going to be a successful encounter. Of communion, even uh, if it doesn't mean that the communion happened with another person. Yes. And you hope, while it's very, very difficult, you could still walk away from that encounter and go, you know what? I just realized who that person really was and how out of alignment they are with me. I don't need to spend any more time with them. Done. Not oh my God, what did I do? I'm so terrible. I need to go and make this right. I need to figure, no. I mean, ideally the situation wouldn't end that way. Ideally you'd be able to be present with yourself and that presence and alignment with yourself would be able to seep into that other person a little bit. And you can have some sort of communication where you go, we're not gonna align on anything else, but we're gonna align on, I really hear that you're upset with me. And I really hear that this isn't working out and I valued our time together or I, I, do, I don't want to upset you anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave or I'm going to move away or I'm going to do whatever we need to do. I'm, we're going to end this conversation, but I appreciate you expressing yourself to me. So you can, if you are perfectly aligned, then that end of that is going to be satisfying. Mm. Where you're not going to play it over and over in your head. Oh, I didn't do it right. Oh my God. You know what? Do you understand mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the communion that they're talking about. It doesn't mean everyone's going to be holding hands. Well, I think that when we talk about communion and the success of that with self and other, that's the image that comes to my mind is that the the collective human experience will come together and see eye to eye. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the point. There's, that's different, and that's different than eliminating conflict, which we talked about in communication. Like their, their goal is we want to eliminate conflict. That doesn't mean everyone's holding hands. Sometimes, so what you're saying is sometimes that elimination means separateness from that person? Absolutely. But wow. separateness 
in a peaceful way, mm-hmm. which is different than separateness. Well, you're going to believe what you believe and I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. That's, that's different because that that's not eliminating the conflict you feel. That's not eliminating the underpinnings of conflict that actually still exist. They're talking about communication in a way that eliminates communion. I mean, eliminates conflict. Not like, mm, I heard what you said and we're just going to agree to disagree. Because that energy of that statement is not, I'm eliminating conflict. Okay. So all these pieces that talk about neutrality and forgiveness and um, communication and, and uh, losing your way and all these different topics they talk about are all about the ways that humans are pulled out of alignment. Mm. And what is it really telling us and how do we achieve? How do we recognize? How do we get back to alignment? How can we look at these phenomena that are happening around us in the lens of my human existence and whether it's bringing me to alignment or away from alignment? towards communion or away from, away from communion. That's what it's all about. And, and when they talk about things like contrast-based emotions, those lower vibrational emotions, that's another tool we can use to know, are we heading towards communion or are we moving away from communion? So like you can have um, experiences in your life that create separateness with another human being but can also create a deeper opportunity for communion with self. And therefore you could still have alignment with self. 1000%. But again, under the context of what I think you're saying is not like F you goodbye. Yes. I'm going to show up in this way. And if it's not received, I can still get communion with myself. And if it was received great, but that doesn't matter. No, because your alignment to yourself does, because if I am perfectly aligned with myself, which isn't the easiest thing to do, (laughs) I'm well aware but if I show up in that ideal situation 100% aligned to myself I'm bringing that to the table my communication is going to be from that place my desire is going to be from that place as long as I know what that what that is and I'm holding that my my desire is going to be from that place and when I'm aligned with my true self with your highest self that is never going to be, I need you to be destroyed. Because if that's your thought, <laughs> you're not aligned to your highest self. Because that alignment's going to be evoking, I want peace. I want neutrality. Yeah. I don't want one up and one down. I want neutrality. Yeah. Well, I think. Which is, a, which is communion. Yeah. Because when I... we come together, even if we're different, and if we can reach neutrality, that's communion. We've just yeah. agreed. Does that make sense? We've come together. I just think it's important to highlight because sometimes I do this thing where I'm like, okay, I want to reach this space. And then maybe another person isn't available for that. And then I have to stop myself from projecting judgment onto that person for not being available and then learn that, okay, well, maybe this this isn't going to end up how I want with this other person but maybe I should be looking for a deeper opportunity to have alignment with self and still want to feel proud of how I, you know, walked away, but I can't control other people's reaction. And they might not, they might not be in a space in their life where they're reaching for neutrality and serenity and peace and communion, but it doesn't mean that it's still not available to me regardless of how they're showing up. Correct. The hard part when you have those encounters 
is the emotion surrounding it mm-hmm. is often not directed at alignment with self. Yeah. The emotion around it, even if you want it to be, it's not. Your intention is about wanting to feel good, wanting to get everything off your chest, wanting to have someone recognize what I'm feeling and what they made me feel Mm -hmm. under the guise of, I just want, I want us to reach peace. So there's work in on really understanding in those highly charged emotional places, understanding what your true intentions are because intentions are tricky. They often lead us astray and one of the cues that they talk about as well is if if you have high emotion, high highly emotional around it, you're not you're not attached to your highest self. So it's not the absence of emotion, but it's maybe giving the emotion time and space to to maybe not act from that space. Maybe like that's your clue like okay, I'm experiencing a lot of anger, I'm experiencing a lot of uh, justice or, or sadness and like I'm just going to sit in that and then when I can move through that not avoid it and shove it down but move through that then I can seek that alignment and act from that space yes question okay. it okay question it why do I feel this way why am I angry and the answer is not going to be shouldn't be stopped with because they told me I look like a pig well why the next question is why would that bother me Is it true? And be honest with yourself. Did they say something that you think about yourself? Mm. Did they say something that you've always feared other people think about you? This is the ouchy work. Do do you see what I mean? Yeah, 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 I do. And that is all internal. That's all internal. Powerful. You could really just sit on that for the rest of your life. Yeah. All right. So do you have any other questions? Do you know who you're talking to? (laughs) Um, Okay. So here's the thing that I think we can all theoretically grasp. And tell me if this is, I know the whole season has been around reducing conflict, right? And so I think when we think about the idea of reducing conflict for other, we're like, well, it's 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 a two person participation when we think about that concept. But Throughout the season, it's been un- unveiled that it's actually reducing conflict inside, which is the catalyst to reducing conflict with other. But I think being in the human experience, it's really hard to actually put it all on you for the for the for the lightning of that conflict. So I'm hoping you can explain further because. I can easily say like, oh, it's all inside me and I'll reduce the conflict. But then when I'm in conflict with other, I'm like, well, they have a part too. And so I don't know if it's making sense what I'm saying. Of course. But like, I just think it's so easy to say like, oh, your your peace and serenity live within. But I think when we're in something, we feel like we can't get that if another person's involved. Yes. I hear what you're saying. I don't know if that's just part of being a human being. Yes. Um, There's a lot of answers that are coming to the surface. You just said a lot. Okay. Uh, So to understand 
that we come here to experience difference. The purpose of us being here is to experience contrast. And when we say contrast, we're talking difference. You are poured into a body that defines you, that separates you from other people and from your environment uh, and separates you, filters out the, the energetic communication to a degree. And understanding that the nature of the differences that you encounter and that you are defined by are what you are navigating through. You're navigating through difference. And to think that navigation through those differences would not bring conflict and contrast is, is foolhardy. It doesn't exist. You necessarily are going to experience some level of conflict. What you do with that contrast, what you do with that conflict is, is the purpose, is the process that we speak of, the process that you encounter a conflict with someone or something or internally. And you are then provided the opportunity to either deny your participation with that conflict, which leads to blame, or you can accept that something about that conflict has triggered something in you to make you respond emotionally. Why? That's the invitation we have for you. That's the process. Why? Why are you responding in that way? What is it about what was done or said that is bothering you so much? And that resolution of that why will lead to resolution of the conflict. Because if you no longer harbor the conflicted, angry, emotional feelings inside of you, then the conflict disappears. Does this make sense? Yes, and it reminds me of one time seeing this thing that said, okay, so let's say somebody in your life that triggers you comes to you with a situation, right? Says something, does something. And then the idea like, oh, let's say your best friend says or does that same thing. What is your reaction? Is it the same to that person as it is to that person? And it was like shedding light on your reaction is your responsibility and something in that dynamic with that person. It's actually not really about what they've said or done. It's actually about something inside of you that is reflecting through them. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly right. Okay. You I hate that. <laughs> I want it to be easier. <laughs> it's as easy as you choose to make it. And the practice of recognizing the process and rehearsing the process and perfecting that process. Not that it will be perfect, but the process of making it easier, of fine-tuning it, of honing your skill, that when something is presented to you and you have an emotional reaction to it, why are you reacting that way? Understanding it, understanding that if someone brings something to you that's hurtful, why was it hurtful to you? And is that true? And why are you getting upset? Is it because you feel threatened? You feel unsafe? And we would say that 
that is exactly why you responded in that way. You responded to a threat. Can you open your mind and your heart up enough to recognize why you felt threatened and analyze and understand why did that threaten me? Okay, so let me ask this, because I have been accused by two therapists and my closest group of friends that I overown. And sometimes I have a hard time hearing that because I kind of know that like, it's really just on side of me. So is there such thing as like, you should blame somebody else? Is there such thing of truly being a victim? Is there such thing as over ownership? Because sometimes I don't even know that there is. It's a strange question. Okay. When we hear you were use the word ownership, ownership implies a choice. I'm choosing or not choosing. And the fact of the matter is it's all inside of you. And you can choose to look at that as a burden or you can choose to look at it as the state of being. And we would argue that choosing to accept it as a state of being is much easier to handle than viewing it as a choice of ownership. The simple truth is your reality is based solely in your mind. Whether you choose to look at that as ownership or the state of being, that's up to you. So you're saying that there is the idea of like being a true victim to something if you choose to look at it that way? If your frame of reference in any given situation is focused on other, what someone has done to you, what someone might do to you, what will, what might happen, what could possibly happen, then you are no longer living from yourself. And in a sense, you are a victim of your own choice to create a framework around somebody else's thoughts, desires, wishes. And we invite you to understand too that you may have experience with that person's reactions, choices, thoughts, but then you are choosing still to anticipate what that person might do. And you are then again just living from your idea, from your imagined idea of what could happen. And wouldn't it be much easier and more joyful and more satisfying to simply live from the idea of what you want to have happen, what feels good to you, what resonates with you, what satisfies you, what makes your life easier, what makes your life more enjoyable? Let me ask this. So sometimes when I get really zoomed in on things, I try to close my eyes and imagine myself like a speck of dust in the universe. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Because life is such a weird thing, right? When you have connection in the human experience, for instance, like with another person and like you're going through your life, everything feels so real and so magnified and so intense but in the grand scheme of the human existence, it's really, is it like rude to say it's kind of nothing? 
Do you know what I mean? It, it's this it's this feeling at the same time being a human that like this is the most intense real experience, but also the most meaningless thing all at the same time. I don't know if that feels true for other people, but sometimes it feels true for me. Like this is the most meaningful, meaningless experience in the universe. Yes. And we would like to clarify with with our words what we feel you're describing. Okay, please. Because I'm always very perplexed by that duality and, and that that concept of like, I'm really zoomed in and this is really intense and I'm I'm questioning everything. And then the stark contrast of like, stop questioning that no one will ever remember this decision. Like live more freely. Like this isn't a big deal. But then I'm like, oh, but being a human is a big deal. It's like this constant duality. Your duty being here on this planet, in this physical body, is to choose communion. That's your power. And therefore your power lies in choice. We would like you to understand the importance of that and at the same time understand that what you are reacting to is not necessarily the most important thing in the universe. And that's the feeling that you're describing. The person that drives in front of you when you're on the road. There is nothing important about that encounter. It's not personal to you. It's not about you as a person. In the grand scheme of the universe, in the connection to infinity, that, that encounter is meaningless. Your reaction should reflect this. Does it? I don't struggle with road rage. So in that circumstance, yes, but I can see many other circumstances in my life where I get too sucked in, too zoomed in. And the, 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 the ideas that you feel are contrasting are simply the importance of me aligning to my self and creating communion with myself, which will necessarily guarantee communion with other and reacting and living in a world where things aren't important enough to move me from that connection. Say that again. The contrast that you're speaking of is holding the importance, the duty of connecting to your highest self and communing with your highest self and being present with your highest self, which will absolutely lead to communion with other and not reacting to the things that don't matter and should not challenge that connection. And when you have that connection with higher self, that filter of what matters and maybe doesn't is maybe a little bit clearer. Yes. Okay. So like, okay. So at the end of, cause I also like to think about, do you ever, you know, when you can like read those things where it's like, oh, I, people who like have done studies or worked in like hospice and been with people like at the end of their life in this physical human experience on this planet, as you like to say, um, you know, they, everybody kind of says the same thing when they're faced with the end of their human experience in this particular lifetime, which is the job didn't matter. The money didn't matter. It was like, they all say this thing about communion, right? It was the relationships, is that reflected in what you know to be true as well? Like, because I feel like when you can think at the end of your life, <clears throat> what's the most important thing? 
is it is that what comes up is this communion and this connection with other because i sometimes think as humans we just really focus on the wrong things that is the whole purpose of our message from minute one it has been about communion the the reason humans choice for communion is so powerful is because there are so many obstacles in your way. Life is just the obstacles, yeah. So choosing communion is powerful. But you're saying you have to choose that with yourself in order for that to be expressed with other. Yes. I was having that thought yesterday just around like, um, I took this quiz that was like, are you a highly sensitive person? And I got like the high score. And I was like, this is so funny. Like everybody just has their thing. And we like, and some just, I had this thought, like everybody has something as a human being that's just fucked up. And not to say being a highly sensitive person is fucked up, but there's sometimes things that are fucked up about it. And like for me anyway, in my experience, like there'd be an easier path. And rather, I wanted to go into labeling and judging and fixing right away. Like what, what, what did I experience in my life that created this? And then I had this thought like, Every human has something and there's probably the DSM five can probably actually have a label for every single person. It's just that some people are better at hiding it than others. And so in that moment, I felt this like oneness and this connection with all humans and that like one person's shit is not worse than the others. It's just we label it and judge it and criticize it and then like minimize our own thing. I would correct you in this way. Okay. What you are seeing is what they are allowing you to see. Their experience and your experience is all based on the exact same set of emotions, the same set of exposures. The outward appearance of them may be different, but you all experience love. You all experience desire you all experience loneliness, separateness, contrast. That is the nature of your experience. And experiencing that contrast and separateness is where longing stems from. So your experiences are all the same. The handful of emotions you feel are all the same. They may be experienced at different times, with different levels and the outward appearance appearance of those experiences may be different, but it's the same emotions. That makes sense. And how you express them, how you choose to show your experiences is different to every person. And understanding that because you all have the same emotions, you all have the same set of experiences to a degree, which is why we say to you, you are all the same person. Oh man, you're going there again. <laughs> That's so hard to like wrap your mind around. I For, get it, but I don't get it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And from your perspective, that's the challenge. Yeah. When you have a conflict with someone, can you see that that's really the same person as you? and not the conflict, and not the difference, and not the separation, but the same. 
I've been doing this thing lately where when somebody, okay, it's my husband, when he does something that really triggers me, rather than acknowledging it to him, I ask myself, now wait and see if you do that, right? Because clearly you're being triggered in something that you do that you don't like about yourself that you might be seeing in him. And then sure enough, it barely takes 24 hours. (laughs) And then I see the thing that I do that I was triggered by in him. But it's a really fascinating experiment because um, I feel like my, you know, a part of me or in the past, I would, oh, we have to acknowledge this trigger. I want to acknowledge what you're doing. And when I just take that little bit of space and say, you probably do this and you just haven't seen it and now look for it. And then the universe always shows me where I do the thing that he was. It's in a different way. But. I just reduced the conflict with him because my old methodology of having to bring it up with him and hoping he would change, I'm now reflecting it onto me and then asking the universe to show me where I actually do that. And then I, if it's a character defect that I don't like, I can work on it. Or I can just offer myself acceptance, which then offers him acceptance. And all of that changed inside of you. Yeah, he doesn't even know that goes on. If you're listening, that goes on. (laughs) But yeah. I, it, it's been an inter- I've just been experimenting with it to see like, oh, there you go. This, you probably do this in some way that you don't like. And if you ask the universe to show you, they will show you. And I do. And it literally takes only a day. And then I'm like, damn it, I'm doing the thing I said that I don't like. And I think the human condition is really to go like, ah, why is he doing that? I don't do that ever. That's like not who I am. But like, really, it is a part of you. And you just haven't allowed yourself to see that part of yourself that's been my experience yes what is what is happening internally is reflected externally back to you that is a really i mean to sit with that is it's just to actually sit with that means that you really can't it just if you actually sat with that you've just reduced conflict with every single person in your life forever if you actually sat with that you've just made our point Ouch. <laughs> I mean, it hurts, but it it's so helpful. And this is a main area of conflict. People unwilling to truly look inside and accept the things that they are ashamed of. Shame is really a brutal emotion. And shame is merely the comparison of yourself to your highest self. Mm, I haven't heard you say that like that before. And the response to that feeling is either justifying why you're choosing to behave a different way or exploring how you can feel better. And having those parts of you that you are ashamed of or scared of or uncomfortable with reflected by someone external to you is an opportunity to explore it is an opportunity to question it, is an opportunity to learn from it. And you don't necessarily have to do the work to examine or to recognize, but those all those pieces inside of you that are shameful, but establishing a connection with someone and opening yourself up to a connection with your highest self and then connecting to somebody through that will help you alleviate, accept those pieces in you because you can accept them in somebody else that you love, that you're connected with. 
So through connection to other, you can heal those things in yourself. And likewise, when you recognize them in yourself as you do, and you do the work to question them and understand them and release them, it changes and increases and improves the connection to other. And why can both of those opposite situations be true? Because we're all the same person. You can connect to your highest self and understand yourself by connecting to other people. Just as you can connect to yourself by digging into yourself and achieve that same growth because we're the same person. A change in you is necessarily a change in everyone. That's the power you hold. When you choose conflict over communion, you're withholding change from the entire world and your entire existence. Understand that that choice is affecting your world. It's affecting everyone. I mean, I think it's a really, I think as humans, we want to have like more simplistic, you know, communication around how to apply some of these really intense things, right? Like I know a few people who listen to this podcast and they're like, I have to re-listen to it a couple times. And so I'm glad we're having this time to sort of articulate it in a way that allows us to have a starting point for like how to think about it and how to really process the powerful nature of communion and connection through communion and connection with self, right? We say often that it is not difficult. And we wish to impress upon everyone that is choosing to listen and choosing to hear our message, our information, that it isn't difficult. The difficulty you see is simply you thinking there's a deconstructive process that needs to happen before a constructive process can take place. And we know that if you could understand that you have the power to choose communion over conflict, choose communion over separateness, already the world would change. Knowing that you have that choice and knowing that you are making a choice for one over the other at every moment, your world would drastically change. And that's the simplest way we can put it. And that's the simplest activity you can choose recognizing you have a choice. That's not difficult. That's not deconstructing. That's not threatening. But that's the power. That's a simplicity. That's where it starts. I feel um, reluctant to... I don't know. I don't want to overcomplicate this. I don't want to uh, go too far in trying to understand this because I feel like it will bring so much complexity and that will contribute to all of us feeling like the inability to just simplify it in the way that you already have. 
this process for us has been a tremendous joy to impart this knowledge, to expose everyone to the realities of the way that your world works on an energetic level. These are themes and ideas that aren't often spoke of or embraced. And we want to create the idea of ease in your life. And if the areas of your life that you want are not easy, these are the areas where you need to choose communion over conflict, choose communion over separate. Choose, choose choice. <laughs> are, you, are you back? <laughs> wow. I feel like they've been waiting <laughs> to come in in that way. They would not let me go. That's why I felt like I you're like, oh, don't over human beings over complicated. I'm like, I can't ask any more questions. Then we have to just leave it at that. Because I feel like they really painted a picture for how simple it actually really is. And I think it's a good note to end that season on. Yeah. Like it really is just this one thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is in our own choice. Always, always, always within our grasp. It's nobody else's. We are responsible. And uh, it's funny, you know, I, I'm a huge Sex and the City fan. Uh, obviously. <laughs> and uh, this all week, this quote has been playing in my mind. Just randomly? Or did you watch it? No, no. I haven't seen this episode in a long time. But uh, it's when Charlotte decides to acquit her job at the art gallery. Uh-huh. And she's screaming to Miranda on the phone, I choose my choice. I choose my choice. And that quote has been playing in my mind all week. I love that. Yeah. So I've been like, choose my choice. So um, anyway, well, there you go. There you go. I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say on top of that. Do you know what season three is going to be about? Yes. Oh, are you going to tell us or no? Uh, I, I haven't really. It, it's uh, It's hard for me to describe. I haven't been able to put the words to it yet, but it's more about how do you open? How do you as a person open to the energetic part of the world? How do you start opening yourself up to allow that communion to happen? Mm. More work on self. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. Um, so, yeah. That's that's a full wrap for season two. And I want to make sure everyone knows to go, if you want to read these uh, channels in their full text, uh, we have... Uh, the text completely available online uh, at thespiritedbody.com. Go to it, dump your email in there, and you'll have access to all the channels and of all the episodes that we've done so far for both seasons. And where can people reach you at directly? Uh, and if you want to message me uh, on Instagram, it's um, at thespiritedbody. I'm also on TikTok at thespiritedbody. You can DM me there. Um, and I'm also on email, of course, at james at thespiritedbody.com. Uh, reach out. I'd love to hear your stories. If you're interested on being on the show, if you have a story, if you have an idea, if you would like a reading uh, that we can do on air from the <gasps> cards that they used, I'd love to do readings. I'd love to do them online uh, uh, on the show. Um, reach out. I'm, I, I'm 
fascinated by people's story of their spiritual journey, of their energetic journey, their understandings, their experiences. I love it. Reach out. Just don't be scared. Well, it's been a, another fabulous season with you. Thank you for letting me ask all my questions. Of course, it's it's the highlight, actually, for me of the season. <laughs> and for them, clearly. I love it. Yeah. Bye, See everybody. everyone next time. Bye.